This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Known and Ever podcast. It is your host, Natalie Bromley, and it is 2024. It is another calendar year of your favourite Clarets podcast. We have got the team together to have a quick look at the State of the Union. We are currently on a Premier League winter break. We don't have another game for, I think, 17 days, something like that, before we face City at the Etihad. The January transfer window is open and we are all still just trying to get over that very difficult last-minute equaliser at home to Luton. Where are the Clarets right now? We talked to Tom and Rich, our regular panellists, about where they think their season's going. What the Clarets need to look at for the second half of the season, whether or not we can capitalise on some possible points deductions to other Premier League relegation rivals and who they would sell and buy in the transfer window. So, buckle up, Clarets. Let's go. So, here we are. I'm joined by Rich. I'm joined by Tom. We are going to have a little look over where we think we are at the season. We've hit the halfway point. We have hit pretty much just over halfway through the season. The Clouts have played 21 games. It's a couple of games over. Um, Sit 19th in the table with just 12 points on the board. Um, 15 defeats so far this season with three wins and three draws. It's been a pretty miserable first half of the season. Things are not going well for Vincent Company and his team in their first shot at trying to establish themselves as a Premier League side. Tom, Rich, welcome. We've all joined to sit down and have a little bit of a, a discussion as to where we think we are, what January holds and what we should be reflecting on in this um, short winter Premier League break. Um, I feel like you two are kind of at different ends of the scale, albeit I think we're all kind of moving over to the dark side of, of grumpy Tom Whitaker this season. Um, I think he's ground us down a little bit. But let's start with you, Tom, because um, you've been pretty clear as to your disappointment and frustration so far this season. I'm pretty sure performances on the pitch and results haven't done anything to change that. But where, where, how are you feeling right now? And, and I guess, is there anything that we can, that the club can do to bring you back into this um, engaged, enthusiastic feeling for this season? <laughs> probably what we'd have to do is win a few games I think would, would be a good start um, yeah I've been pretty down on us for the majority of the season and, and not without good reason I wouldn't say I would say 
if I was if I was going to be kind of a glass half full kind of person, I would say we've been better in the last month or so. We've we've got a bit more competitive, um, but it, in some ways that worries me as well. I think my big thing with because obviously I've been kind of in the company out camp for a couple of months now, and my big thing was when he was coming out saying oh, I'm never going to change my style of play. I'm always going to play this football, and I was thinking, well, we're going to get relegated then. But it's kind of strange now that because he clearly has changed his style of play. Like yeah. uh, it's. it's very very different but it almost seems now like we're we're trying to play like Sean Dyche football with Vincent Company players yeah you know? we, it, we are it's not like we're kind of we are doing that we're well, playing yeah. a four four two with very physically small and quite light tricky players which doesn't seem to fit hmm. they're not set up as well defensively you know and yet we're still trying to sit on one of the leads um with Matt Trezor being the saviour yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, it's kind of difficult when you say like, where are we going? What's the future hold? I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like when we get down and we are going to get down um, and what a missed opportunity it is, by the way, with all these teams getting points taken off, we've got a league where, you know, we should, we should have come into this automatically better than Luton and Sheffield United and we've gone backwards and Luton have overtaken it. And then you add on to that Everton, Forest, Wolves. You know, there's a there were a lot of teams in there that were catchable. So it's a big missed opportunity, but we are going to get down. But next season will probably be more fun. I think the kind of football that company wants to play is, works best when you've got the biggest budget in the league, when you've got better players than everybody else, because it's all about controlling, you know, dictating the game, controlling the ball. It's that Man City style. And I think if you put Pep Guardiola in charge of us this season, we'd probably be similarly bad because that kind of Football isn't going to work when the other teams got more of the ball and better no. players. <clears throat> and I think companies belatedly realised that. And now we're playing, as I say, this kind of Sean Dice tribute act that's not really working, but is at least making us more competitive. But then that then I wonder, you know, if we go back up, what what is what is next? Is there a hybrid that we can find? Are we going to come back up and and is company going to go back to playing this kind of football? I think you saw with Brentford when they came up, they they play a lot more of a kind of I don't know if basic is the word you want to call it. They play a bit more of a dice style in the Premier League than they did in the Championship. Yeah. And Thomas Frank seems to find a really good balance. And maybe that's where our future is. And maybe company will, will kind of find that balance if if we go down and we come back up up again. And it's a big assumption that we will come back up again. But I'm a lot more optimistic about us under company in the Championship than I am in the Premier League. So I don't know. It's it's kind of there's just so we get so little information from the club about a lot of things these days, and it kind of makes it hard to judge where we're going to be in a couple of years. I I really don't know what the financial state is. I don't know who's going to be in the team next year. I don't know if the company's going to be here in a year or two. And it's not it's not great. You know, we've gone from a, a very kind of stable club. If we weren't always the most exciting at times, we were very stable and established in one division and. We feel like the opposite of that at the minute. And so it's difficult to know how to feel other than just being kind of disappointed at how badly the season's gone, at the opportunity that we've thrown away, really, and the fact that we look like we're going to get relegated again. See, I don't, I don't necessarily feel that level of concern with it being an unstable club. I actually kind of feel the opposite. I feel like we're in great hands, and I, and I appreciate I'm in a... A privileged position where I, I have ex access to information and I'm part of the fan advisory board and we're part of a decision making process. I do believe in this board and I get I get carried away with them with the enthusiasm that they show and 
the ideas and the future that they want to bring to the club. And at the end of the day, football is changing. Football isn't what it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And if you don't change with it, you, you're going to lose your football club anyway. The, I guess some of the, the kind of elements of, of the old traditional football that we're trying to maybe cling on to is is moving anyway. So what do you do? Do you, if you want to stay and be a successful Premier League brand, you have to get on board with those changes. Um, I believe that the club's in a stronger position to go back down than it was the first time it went back down. Um, obviously, you're right. We don't necessarily have that information, but I, I just I haven't seen yet any signs that concern me with us being unstable. Um, so I don't necessarily share that same thing, but I do agree with you in that it feels like this could have been an opportunity to, to stay up. Um, Rich, can I can I ask you the same question, but more from a technical side? You're a technical expert in the team and you're very savvy when it comes to the football that's being pay, played and the coaching and the intricate details that us of us who've never played and have never coached or managed don't necessarily pick up. Um, Tom mentioned it in his piece about how over the last few games we have felt stronger, we've, we have adapted the style of play we're playing. Are you seeing improvements on the pitch in terms of the technical ability? Um, the, the only thing I didn't quite agree with, I don't think we've been playing a 4-4-2 still. I think we've still been playing Anduni in that number 10 role behind Foster. So okay. it's not been a quite a 4-4-2 when we have like two number nines and number 10s feet, you know, playing off each other. Anduni sure. still does play that number 10 role. Um, in, you know, we are more com more competitive. Um, I think we're a little bit more prag pragmatic. One thing he's definitely changed from the start of the season and I think why he's brought Vettinio back into the team in the absence of Rob or in the expense of Roberts, he's, he's, he's not playing the inverted fullback anymore. So that fullback's yeah. not going into the midfield area. He, he's kind of playing with the flat back four, which has given us a little bit more stability. We're, we're not quite playing out from the back as much, but it's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because people go, well, why, why, are we, why are we playing out from the back? It's suicide. We're giving silly goals away. But then we hit it a little bit longer and try and go a little bit more direct. And we're saying, well, we can't do that because we've not got enough physical players. So I think what we've we've just not got a balance at the moment. And I think it goes back to very disjointed. My it goes back to the summer and it all the way goes back to rec recruitment. We signed too many inexperienced players. The experienced players we signed were either not were not good enough. He likes like O'Shea and O'Shea's been a little bit better, but he's not still not good enough. And then you've got like Redmond, who's obviously now injured. And we obviously we signed too many of the similar type of player. And then you're looking at it, you know, like key players for his last season, like Benton and Zaruri haven't got a sniff in. Benton's looks like he's gonna go and we can go into that debate. So and let's be honest, right, really we can look at VAR. We we're unlucky not to get four points from the last two Premier League games and we've ended up with one. That's that's the realistic side of it, and if yeah. it, and if VAR was on our side a little bit more, we could have easily got four points. I thought we played really really well against Aston Villa. Actually, I thought yeah, Villa were away with with ten men. I thought we were really really good. Not many teams will go to Villa this season with a home record and play like that, especially with 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 ten men. But Luton, we were you know we we wasn't great. We was poor. We just couldn't get for whatever reason. Listen, we've all you know we play games of football, and there's certain games where you just can't seem to get. We couldn't quite get a grip on the game, and that was a Luton. And as the game went on, we we just couldn't keep possession properly, and we got 
boxed in a little bit more. And I'm sure we'll come to the formation change and the substitutions he made against Luton. Um, well, know, we can stay on that now. We, we can stay on that because we've talked, generally speaking, about where we are. Let's let's go. But one of the reasons why we are where we are is that we've gone into this international break um, in a much poorer position than, than we wanted to be. We could have been just two point, one point behind Luton. Um, they'd yeah. have been on, yeah, they'd have been on 50, we'd have been on 40. Yeah, so week 13, we'd have, right, two so points, there's... sorry, two points. Um, and as it stands, we're four points behind them and five points off Everton in 17th, who are not going to be in 17th come to the end of the season. And I think well, you might are... be. Well, did, actually, yeah, we'll come we, on to that in we a We could genuinely still stay up with these points because you don't have a clue what's, you know, from no, this moment true. on, it could be level playing field for the rest of the season. So I don't think we will, and I agree with Tom, but you just don't know. No, no, so it, no, that's true. Um, and I won't be celebrating, by the way, if we stay up as a result of points deducted. I think I might be, con I might be concerned. <laughs> I'd just be like, right, we've got away with it and try and move on. But like yeah. going back to that game against Luton, yes, right? so this is on. a difficult one. Everyone goes, why did you go five at the back? We was inviting Luton pressure on. And you go, right, I understand that. You know, we're playing against Luton at home. We should be taking the game to him. But when we had four at the back, we wasn't taking the game to Luton. Correct. We were giving the ball away. It's This is where you've got to set... Companies had a lot to blame this season. But when players are giving away silly passes, like basic passes, that's not on the manager. So, so there was one time when Gumbinson had an easy cross to Foster and he hit it into touch. There was a time when Vitinho was overlapping Amduni and Amduni smashed it into the away end practically when we would have had a really good opportunity. Yeah. Now that's So I think the manager's gone. They brought Morris on. You know they're going to get the ball out wide. Alder Keel struggled all game. We'll put Roberts on. We'll go three centre-halves. And we'll and we'll defend the box. And by and large, I thought we defended crosses and set pieces really well in that Luton game. And I thought Trafford was a lot better compared to what we have done. Yeah. And let's be honest, we was you know we was a bad refereeing decision or an unlucky refereeing decision or two or three minutes away from saying, do you know what that really worked? So I understand where fans are coming from by saying, you know what, we could have got that second goal, but we didn't look really like getting that second goal playing the we way didn't. we did because because we, we just our passing was off and whatnot. Actually, the, the passing leading up to the goal, which annoyed me, and I still not feel. I think it must have been Alder Keel because I haven't quite uh, been able to find that exact moment. But in the build up to the actual equaliser, the ball had gone out onto the left side of it, and whoever was defending that left side made the laziest just attempted a clearance. It was like a little tippy tappy, half hearted little pass away. It was almost like a, a tow poke away. Went straight to the Luton player, and then that's what started the attack that led to the goal. If you want more yeah, disciplined on yeah. that wing, clear the ball. Well, Don't well, be that's afraid. what I'm going to come to now. So if you're going to go to that five at the back, you can't be bringing somebody like Trezor on. You know, Tre no. Tred, 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 let's with Trezor. Listen, we can argue should he be here, should he not be here. You can see he's 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 got ability. He's got a fantastic first touch. He moves with a ball nice. But he's too weak for this. Like Tom's rolling his face. He's got a good first touch, Trezor. Go and watch. Go and watch <laughs> back. He has. You know, he's a good. You know, you don't get that. But the Premier League's a different beast. It's at a quicker pace. It's a. You know, it's a lot stronger. And it's a lot physical. So you can't impose yourself on the game the same. So if you're gonna go to that formation, bring a, a more solid player on. You know, maybe bring a Rodriguez on and even let Rodriguez, you know, go up front and Foster go out wide a little bit. And yeah. people were saying. Well, why did you take Amduni and Odebur off? Well, they were knackered. Odebur wasn't defend like as as good no, as Odebur that's going fair. back. He's born idle defending. So you know, I know. So I felt for Alderkeel a little bit. You know, he, he was basically he's he's not a fullback and he's marking two players. 
which isn't easy. So if you're going to do that and then like bring Cork on then to solidify the midfield a little bit. But then what you do when you need a goal, you bring Cork on and then you're like, just those were the ones that I found bizarre. The five at the back one, is it something I would have done? Maybe not, but I understand why he's done it because he probably thought we're not playing well. We're giving the ball away. They've brought Morris on. Let's let's just, you know, let's just really, you know, make sure we you know, we defend our box nice and tight, nice and you know, we, we defend it nice and compact. You know, when it you know, when it nearly worked, a lot of managers bring five players on a on, on a on at the back to defend leads. It's something that's yeah. not uncommon. Chelsea did it. We did Chelsea it last year. Chelsea did it. Yeah, when we moved from the against, things. Um, who did Chelsea beat in the last home game? It wasn't a great game. Fulham, you know, Pochettino won yeah. five on at the back. Managers do it. So it's a really, really difficult one. And we're all crying out for him to do something different. And he does something different and he gets called. Ultimately, what it is, the players we have got aren't good enough yet. No, they're level. not. They're How not. many players have actually improved our side from last season? Not 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 many. And and you and and, and you call- I think Coley Oshaw and uh, Audubon have because they are they're able they're able to perform that function well, that they can't defend no, they can't defend so they, they're not, it's, they're it's not defend, just about though. yeah but they are Natalie your wingers have to defend they have to at this level when we're a struggling team you have to defend you have to you've got to work hard for the team you watch Arsenal for example yeah. the way Saka gets back and defends for the team. You've got to defend. It's all well and good. And I'm not knocking these two young lads, I think, you know, Collie Olsho and Odebert. I think they're really, really good, young, talented players. But like Odebert, I'm going to say it, Odebert's defending on Friday against Luton was absolutely disgusting. It wasn't good enough at all. You've got to put blood, you know, what did I, I say? Leg, legs, hearts, minds for the team. Do you honestly think Odebert's trying his best? To, to stop teams scoring against us. And I'll probably get crit- criticism for this. But, somebody, but, but but you've just got to say it. So, from an attacking point of view, they're great to watch it and they do pose a threat. But look at the way... They've improved us. But that was the point that I was making. They have improved us from an attacking perspective because the role that Zorori and Benson played in the Championship last season, they're not able to perform at this level. They're not good enough yet to make that step up Possibly into the not. Premier League. Possibly. But they are... So, they have replicated that and are able to do that function in the Premier League. But I take the point on board that you to need... Me, the team, the to only defend. player who's made the overall team better is Burge for me. To Foster? Me, the improved Foster? He was here last year. But he wasn't... He wasn't the same foster that he was last year. in the summer. Oh, so okay, listen, fine. Can, yeah, fine. So, listen, sense. to me, when you've got, and we, we're like, I'm doing, he's such a talented player, but he's a luxury player. And we, and at times, we would say, under dice, wouldn't we? Wow. And it's, and it's so hard because you'd be like, oh, why are we playing wingers like Boyd or Hendrick? But they worked for the team, or Pete, you know, they worked for the team. Mm. When you, when you, when you, when you're a side playing against, you know, like the look at the way Brun Larson went to close that cross down and the way Trezor did that flick. That's not people dying, giving everything. You know, what did Neil Warnock say? You you know, you've got to die to get three points. We don't want them to die, Rich. No, but you know what I mean? You've, 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 you've got to run and, and ensure that passion. You know, you've, you've got to do everything to get three points. And, and, and I think it's all well and good. Alan Pace and company on the computers getting the analysis. I'm going to sound a bit old-fashioned here. You know, with the analysis and all the data, but analysis doesn't show how much heart a player's got to cover every blade of grass to win games for your football club. And I think that's a big part of what we're lacking at the moment. 
is you know is is lads willing to absolutely you know give everything to get the those fight. Three points? The fight's not there. Promise. The thing is with with that, if company wanted them to be tracking up and down and doing the defensive work, if they weren't doing it, they wouldn't get picked. But they get picked every week, and that tells you that that, that the manager's comfortable with them having that role. And I agree with you. It's a lot of our problem this season is that not every player is, you know, the, the minimum requirement is maximum effort. That's gone now. We used to have that. And company last year was saying that he was happy that that was something that he wanted to continue, but that has gone. But the thing is, if if company wasn't happy that they're not putting in the shift, you know, Trezor wouldn't be getting on the pitch. Ramsey wouldn't be getting on the pitch. Odebert and Kaliosha wouldn't be up and down that wing. It'd be someone like Goodmanson. I think that's why Goodmanson's playing on the other wing despite the fact that he got turned into a midfielder last year, because he will do that that work. And I think company thinks, and whether or not he's correct, or probably the league table tells you, but I think he thinks if we've got someone tracking back on that wing, we can afford to, to have someone not doing the work on the other side. And it's the same with Andoni, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't do enough work. Um, like you said, Rich is a luxury player. And the thing is, if you're a team in our position, you can you can probably afford to carry one, maybe two luxury players. We've got three or four in the team every week. We're bringing luxury players off the bench. And that's why, you know, the last-minute goal against Philly, you've got Trezor piss-arsing about up the pitch and you've got Ramsey having a touch in his own penalty area when it's 90 minutes and you need to, yeah, to hang on for a draw. There's too many of these kind of players who can't do these things. And it's a lot I, of naivety. Yeah, there's a certain naivety. And I think as well, there's a certain amount of arrogance. You know, I think we came up, the way we came up, I think we just thought, we can just chuck a, a load of these young lads in there, and we'll be fine. We'll we'll steamroll of the league like we did last season. And I, I think that I think well, you could call it narrative, you could call it arrogance. It's probably a mix of the two, maybe. But I I genuinely think company thought that we could afford to carry three or four, and we'd be good enough without football enough teams for it not to matter. But you know, as we've seen, we're not we're not good enough. And these players, maybe they'll be good enough to to justify not doing work in a year or two. I mean, Trezor certainly doesn't give us... And I know, like you said, Richie's got a great touch, but he can't cross the ball. From what I've seen, his, his cross is no better than anybody else that's at the club. I've never yeah, actually seen him at a shot, so how good his shooting is, I don't know yet. But he's clearly doesn't give us enough on the ball to justify how little he gives us without it. And I think you'd probably say the same of, of a few of them. I've said it about Amdini before, although he is at least chipping in with some, some more goals a bit more regularly now. I think he's scoring now, isn't he? I'm doing it. Yeah, two in the last two as well. And, and Odebert, you know, in the minutes he's had, he's already scored three, hasn't he? So, I do like Odebert, though. So, I really mm-hmm. like him. He's such a talented player. He's fantastic to watch. He'll go to the top level. But what I'm saying is, I'm not saying it to, like, dig him out. Like, a lot of people say, oh, you dig people, you know, when you when you do these things, or oh, you dig people out, what? you know, he's a young lad. But you've, but you've got to work. I know I sound like Roy mm. Keane here on, 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 on Sky Sports, where he's like, but you've got to work. You've got to give every. Tom's called it arrogance, and I think that's spot on. It's laziness. Like if companies happy with Odebert just jogging back and not tracking players, then Jesus Christ, we have got bigger problems than they had than they actually thought. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Do you think there's an arrogance with the manager then? Do you think? Do you think? Yeah, do you think, think, yeah, I, think? I think so a little bit. It's harsh to say, but I think there might be something in I, that. I just find it like if if that's the case, right? You go and like I'm Tom. What you know? Tom Tom watches a lot of non-league football. I I don't watch that. You know, like I watch probably you know. So maybe 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 I should watch more. But like I watch you know quite a lot of top-level football. I know you know you watch City and different things like. To me, one of the best footballers in in the league, Bernardo Silva. Fantastic mm. football, the great touch, but he works. He's absolute stones off. He never stops running. He wins the ball back, and so companies come from that Guardiola school, and 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 that Guardiola school of football, going back to when Johan Cruyff in the Barcelona, you know they worked real, they, you know they worked harder to win the ball back. As soon as they lost it, they won it back, or they trapped defenders back. Yeah. So then companies going out of that environment, and then if he's happy with. Play, you know, and it's not just Odderbury, you know, it's a lot of players not not tracking back. I find that real that's one thing when I watch is I find really uncomfortable is players not when they you know, not in the in the transition, how easy teams we give the ball away and how easy they transition and we don't close players down and how exposed we leave our defence, you know, and you know, it's frustrating. I know I've had a bit of a rant there, and, and, and it's not just. So on I brought Alderbury. you on, Rich. We wanted a Rich's yeah. rant. <laughs> it's not just on Odebur, you know, because he's just the example in the last game. And then, like, go and watch Brun Larson. You know, he, he's not had any criticism. Go and watch him close that cross down by Doughty. Last minute of the game, close him down, make yeah. it hard for him. And, and they've not done that. And. You know, it's such a hard one because there's passages of play where you watch us, and you know we've scored some unbelievable goals this season, like um, like that goal we scored against Luton, where Oliver's beat his players, fantastic. The Foster goal against Luton, you know, the two goals against Fulham were superb. So within all the naivety and the badness, there, there, there's, there's been fantastic moments. We just can't put it together for long enough to win games of football, and I think. When you when you're not winning, you lose that habit, and it becomes harder to win games. And yeah. your confidence is down. You start panicking. You, know, you maybe start your touch gets a bit heavier. Your legs get a little bit heavier. But yeah, you've you've got to give everything to win football matches in this league. You've got to give everything, and and I, and I still and I don't think we're doing that. I think it's I think with company's attitude a little bit as well coming on saying the players are doing great. It's great working with this bunch of players. I think it's okay for the players not to win games under this regime. Because there's a bit and of a safety think, net. Yeah, I think it's a safety net. And I think the way Pace sees, oh, we've got a young team, we'll develop, we'll improve, we'll go down, we'll come back up. It's all going to be fine. So I think we've got that attitude where it's okay to win games. Where this, where Dice's Burnley teams. Lose games. Teams, or to lose games, sorry. Where Dice's Burnley teams, we had to win. 
You know, we had to win. We had to scrap for everything. We had to battle. Yeah, but at times it wasn't the prettiest, but you knew what you was going to get. And I think there's that little bit of a mm. culture at the club at the moment. But I understand that of that's where we want to end up as a club because we couldn't we couldn't stay in that Sean Dash era. And and listen, when I call we it Sean Dash era. Give give Dice hundred million this summer with with Burnley, and I wonder where we'd be. We won't be in this position we are now. If mm. Dice got hundred million or at least an half decent transfer kitty, I read that article on the coaching voice that I sent into the group, and he asked mm. for more money in January, and he didn't get it by the board. There's if if Dice got anywhere near properly back with the board, we'd have never got relegated with him. Yeah, it, it is. It is difficult, is that because even even with the Everton squad, he's never managed where he's had a massive amount of of a budget to buy players. So actually, it's all very well us saying, "Oh well, you know, he's done X, Y, and Z." He's never been given well, the Everton's opportunity to prove himself. So that's squad. fine. You've got Everton's two. You've got. But two it could be stronger. In... They're not investing in it. I know, but they've got two midfielders: Everton, Dakari and Onana. They cost best part of fifty million for two players. Mm. So they've still got. Don't don't let you know Everton haven't spent money in the last few years and you've not got a massive squad, but Everton's still got some you've still got quality in there to start with. Who, no, that's fair. We've got some good players in that team. So listen, I don't need to just dwell on Daesh, you know, too much. It's just the way it's been brought up. But where I am at the moment, I've gone from and they kind of like finished this kind of like ranty section. I've gone from kind of like being quite kind of like lit. What's the, what's the right word I'm looking for? I've I've gone from being quite accepting to it to a bit more like, it's just not good enough. It isn't good yeah. enough. I've got like, the more we're losing, and I think within the culture of the club, it seems like it's okay to lose. The more frustrated I've got a little bit. And then, bring, you know, I forgot about it. And coming back on tonight and thinking about some of the things that we've seen in that looting game, it brings it up how frustrating it is not, 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 to, not to see that out and win that three points. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, then, what do we do? Uh, we've got the Christmas break, uh, not Christmas break, we've got the winter break, um, and we've got the start of the transfer window. We've already brought one striker in, uh, Fafana, on, on loan from Chelsea. Um, where do we go in the transfer window, Tom? Yeah, it doesn't really bode well that in his first interview, he mentioned that he's lazy and he's happy that he's left the Bundesliga because he didn't like doing all the running. Uh, yes. <laughs> he's going to fit in uh, really well, isn't he? Yeah. When, like, <laughs> who advised him? Like, and who put that video out? For the love yeah. of God, I was looking at it, thinking, like, just edited that bit out. Just like that's not going to endear yourself to Burnley fans who love a runner anyway <laughs> and love yeah, a graphic. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's very kind of antithetical to what our fans kind of value and what we we've been used to. It is more about you know Ian Moore used to be quite popular. He wasn't the best player in the world, but He'd run about like a dog chasing a balloon, and uh, you know, I think that's why everyone loved George Boyd. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's a good. Burnley uh, fans love a runner. So, so what do you want? What do you want to the transfer window? I'm giving you, I'm giving you Burnley's transfer kitty. What do you want, Tom? Do you know what? I just wouldn't bother. Um, I think this season's gone. I just think we've spent too much already. Um, you know, we need a lot. Obviously, we need a left back. We need a right back. We need probably another midfielder. We need a striker who, well, you know, as company said last year, we need players who can run. Um, and I just brought someone in who won't, so that's interesting. But, we, yeah, we need four or five. We need another centre-half, don't we? But 
I don't see the point now. It, it, it's a, a window where you pay a premium. It's a window where players don't necessarily want to come because they're looking at the league table and thinking, why am I going to bother joining them? You know, you, you see some of the players who That's are going... That's definitely a challenge. Yeah. Well, we were linked with, like, for example, Eric Dyer, weren't we, in the summer? And whether that was realistic or not, I don't know, but he's gone to Bayern Munich now. Now, if Eric Dyer's kicking his heels and, say, Bayern Munich hadn't come in, he isn't going to come to us now. He might have done in the summer and he thought we've got half yeah. a chance when there was a lot of hype around us. But now you're thinking, well, why am I going to bother? It's just a relegation on the CV. So for me, don't pay the, the premium January prices. You know, I don't, it's not, what are we going to get from it? We're going to finish 18th instead of 19th. If, uh, for me, what they should have done was replace the manager and back a new manager and give him a chance. But if they're going to, if they want to keep the manager, which obviously, and I know I'm in the minority when I say they should have done that. But if they're keeping the manager, he's already made a complete, hash of the last window I think it's just throwing good money after bad let's just let's just leave it let's just get down and then we'll see where we are in the summer and you know I just like I, said, I just think it's throwing good money after bad so and uh, I'll tell you what as well I, I haven't seen his link with any left backs yet well, I'm I was just going to say, surely the the exemption, sort of the 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 caveat side is that we have to, we're going to have to sign a left back. Charlie Taylor is now injured. We don't have any cover at left back. Yeah. We can't go the rest that, of the season at left back. That situation sums it up for me. Some sums all the kind of like issues up. He didn't play left back last season. Company refused to play him left back last season. Played him centre half when we needed to. We we didn't get a left back in. So we've en- and he didn't start Taylor at the start of the season. So he's ended up putting Taylor there because we've got no one else. And then he gets injured. There's nobody else come in. And we look, when Taylor doesn't play now, we look so un, in, unbalanced. You know, he put Alder Keel out there. Yeah. He looks like a Bambi on ice when he plays left back. You know, and, and and to me, that whole, we've spent all that money and we've ended up with a right, we've ended up with a left back starting in the Premier League who company didn't want to play there in the Championship. Yeah. And we've ended up with a right back who I reckon has doctored his passport to say he's from Brazil. Because God knows, because he <laughs> he's the no footed caca or uh, cafu, should I say? So <laughs> you know, and that just sums it up. And you've ended up with Dara O'Shea, oh God. who might as well be Dougal or Father Ted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> You've got O'Shea, Matinho. Um, oh the in your biggest game at season in defence. Yeah, no, I mean it's a, it is a fair point, and it's I think fascinating. that's it is, and I, and I think you know. even the most reasonable of fan and the most um, constructive of criticisers of this side have got to kind of look at that and go, guys, come on, like oh. we are we are reasonable and we're loyal as fans, but you you serve that up to us and you wonder why there's, we get. And there's no one more loyal than us three on this call. Who will keep going up? Like I've missed one home <laughs> yeah. game. I've missed one home game all season. That's because I was at a wedding and I didn't want to go to, and my wife made me go. And that was about two weeks after your own wedding, wasn't it? When you were already like... oh, well, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it was like, ooh, like, good. And I'll keep going and I'll keep supporting the team. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe, I've, maybe I've got nothing else to do. I don't know, but um... we are, we are very loyal. We are loyal, and oh, we're also reasonable, just... and we are also. And, and another thing that's frustrating is the board getting on the fans' back. For, and all this, I know it can go up, and that's just like I think the fans have been superb at Burnley this year. They've backed the team, they've really backed the team, and they've got behind the players. The away they've support been, specifically, they've, they've travelled across the yeah. country, sold out every single yeah. away team, knowing that they're going to get beat. 
Um, yeah. And I think that's that's been really difficult. So where I guess throwing that transfer question to you then, Rich, do you? I agree with Tom. Yeah, just don't I agree with Tom. Apart from if a left can... back, surely we've got to get yeah, a left back yeah. in. Because if we can get a left back and then it's something that we can build, you know, maybe build on, that's fine. You know, to me, the Fafana signing, listen, it's, that lazy comedy actually made me laugh. It's probably a bit tongue-in-cheek, but it sums it up where we're at at the moment, doesn't it? Someone who's admitting they're lazy. And uh, if we can get maybe a couple of good loan players, like, you know, a couple of lads who's, you know, maybe not playing in Premier League squads at the moment who think they could do well or abroad, you know, and it's kind of like you just cover the wages and, and there's no fee involved and no long-term kind of commitments, I wouldn't be against that. But the, I'm I'm going back to what I said at the very beginning. It's like, well, we might as well chuck this season off. We're going down. But like, if ever you know, if Everton get deducted another six, seven, eight points, and Forest get deducted ten, you know, we're outside on. the relegation. Well, that's so, where I wanted so, to go to. Like, does that so not change do I, your mind in that we could be given an? If absolute we knew that, gift, then yeah, yeah, yeah. If we for me, if it was guaranteed that. Works. Say, say Everton got a deduct. Say Everton and Forest got deducted another. How many? Ten, six. I think Forest looking at ten. I see Everton maybe six. It might be more. But we're we're either outside the relegation zone or just below it. Then I'd be like, yeah, because you know what? I generally do think with a few more players, yeah, a, a bit more stability. In yeah. that team, that I think we could get enough results yeah. to stay up. Puts Everton on eleven and puts Forest on ten. We're on twelve. I mean, it's that's kind of a that's kind of a very damaging assessment of our season. That Forest can get ten, Everton another six, and they're still some, only two that's points. That's why I said to you, I wouldn't be celebrating if we managed to stay <laughs> up this season on on default. You know, I, I wouldn't get any massive satisfaction. I just be like, right, that's a relief. Learn from the mistakes and then go again. In you know, and, and hopefully recruit better. Yeah. Um, Okay, we've got a couple of minutes left before the end of the podcast recording, so I'm going to give the floor to a minute to you each. Final thoughts on the rest of the season, minute each. Tom, you go first. Uh, I've accepted we're going down. I accepted it quite a while ago. I'm just going to try and enjoy it. To me, it's like 19 friendly or however many games, like 17 friendlies. I won't get too stressed about them. I won't get too upset when we lose. Um, when You know, you're just somebody up there. I mean, even if Everton and Forest get points taken off them, they're still going to finish above us. So, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to have the attitude that the board seems to have and just think, well, it doesn't matter if we get relegated, it's fine. Let's just carry on watching it and hopefully I'll enjoy it a bit more next season. Rich? Yeah, I do agree with Tom in a, in a, in a lot of senses and I, and I wish I could be more like that, but I'm, a, I'm very competitive in everything I do. So I can't just... Any football game I watch, I can't just be like, oh, well, we've lost. Because I think if the... And, 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 and I think that's the attitude that the players have a bit, going back to what I was saying earlier, is that, you know, we, we kind of just accept defeat a little bit now and we don't kind of do everything we can to win. I'm kind of like, if we know these points are going to get deducted, let, you know, let, let's, let's, let's keep going and let's keep giving everything to try our best to stay up. Because... If we go down, listen, we are going to have a very, very good chance of, of going back up. But there's no guarantees when you get into that slog, slog in the championship, you know, so it so it can be tough. But even with a point of doors, you know, coming from a realistic point of view, I, I, you know, I still Everton and Forest are better teams. So even if they're two or three, four points behind us, I still think they'll accumulate more at the end of the season. But genuinely, I think with some proper additions, you know, a proper right back, another centre-half, you know, you know, change the back four a little bit. I think if we got a bit more solidity in that bit back four, we we could have a chance. Um, so keep just just try and listen. Like like anything in life, don't give up until um it's absolutely over. Love it, 
Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Rich. That is all we have time for this week. And my thanks go as ever to everybody who has contributed to this podcast, to producer Matt and to all of our guests. And of course, the wider team who do provide a lot of material for the podcast, even though they may not be on the channel. We will be back um, probably next week for a second half of an analysis show to look ahead at the restart of the Premier League. And we will be previewing that game at home to, sorry, away at Manchester City. Um, if you've got any questions about what you want to see from your known and never team in 2024, do please drop us a line and let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to come and join us as a guest fan, you are always more than welcome. I've been your host, Natalie Bromley. This has been the Known and Ever podcast. Until next time. Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The Analysis Show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Rich Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby and Adam Dennett. Our music is provided by George Gaskell and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonenever.substack.com. Thanks as ever go to our partners TalkSport. We are proud to be associated with the TalkSport Fan Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.